your Money and Your Life podcasts by Mojas Druid to help you navigate life's legal and financial challenges. Westcott's and Mojas Druid are collaborating to produce a mini-series of podcasts to address some of the most frequently asked questions from business clients across the southwest of England. CEOs, MDs, directors, HR and finance professionals pose these queries concerning a range of employment-related matters, and they're going to be answered by payroll specialist Jake Elms and HR specialist Lucy Cottrell. The topics we're going to be covering in this short series include cost reduction, downsizing and restructuring, recruitment and retention of employees, hybrid and homeworking. The final podcast is a series of case studies looking at real-life examples of payroll pain points. In our fourth and final episode on payroll pain points, we're looking at a few more interesting additional examples, cases where employers have encountered queries and concerns not covered by our previous three episodes. So we're going to kick off with a question of timing. Jake, would you like to give us an insight into why timing is important in relation to payroll? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The timing is vital for payroll. the introduction of RTI um, back in April 2013 uh, requires uh, submissions, regular submissions to HMRC uh, on or before the pay date. Just, um, what, does, what does RTA, RTI stand for? Real-time information. Um, so effectively, all of the uh, personal data is submitted to HMRC along with the, the financial figures paid to, to individuals. Um, including the tax and national insurance liabilities, um, which is obviously collated within their systems yeah. uh, for the individual's purposes, as well as the, the businesses to create the liabilities um, due to, to them. Um, it's it's vital um, that it's all on time and it's running, obviously, to have submissions processed on a before payday. Um, it's also... Uh, important from a banking perspective that these payments is obviously the banking can take three days generally um, sometimes longer depending on who you're banking with so it's it's vital that you're getting uh, set procedures and timings in place to to have that flow quite nicely and, and not add to those pressures and I can see it. I mean, obviously, people want to be paid on time, don't they? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they're, the hard graft is being rewarded. Is there anything else, Lucy, you want to add to that? Yeah, just from an HR perspective. So obviously, a lot of information that payroll use is or can be driven from that provided by HR. So where you've got new employees starting, making sure that their bank details are correct, that their start date's correct, that their salary details are correct, and having all that information um, provided in a timely manner is really important. Um, And that applies also when somebody's leaving. Um, or whether there's some changes to their contract in terms of salary or hours um, that payroll need to be informed of. So it's really important that as much information as possible is provided, that is accurate and is provided in a timely manner. From my point of view, I think it's it's behoved on the employer to make sure that the staff are happy and one way to annoy a member of staff <laughs> that other is to mess up something around pay to get your timing right. Just following on from Lucy's point there in, re- in respect of the accuracy um, from a payroll aspect, accuracy is is, is vital. Um, 
ensuring the, the correct information is input into the system um, goes a long way. And that starts from the very beginning, uh, from the employee completing their starter checklist, their starter forms. If they're, if they're handwritten, please take extra care that you are writing the information out, you know, as bold as possible, as, as clear, so that someone picking that up isn't, you know, um, misreading it or or it's, you know, a bit scruffy. Let's just make sure it's really clear so that someone can take that information and, and put it into the system um, as best possible. Things like bank details, because if your bank details are incorrect, then your payments might not be made to you. So, you know, you want to get paid correctly. So uh, into your bank account, if you, you know, if you miss, um, miswrite your bank account number, then you might not be paid. So it's, it's vital getting that right. Um, other other aspects, so your obviously your email address is one of them. If if that's incorrect, then it could go to someone else. So your payslip could go to someone else. And if it's not password protected, that could be accessed by someone else. So it's, it's vital that you, you are giving this information correctly. Um, the last one and possibly most important is your national insurance number. Now, it's not common that people know their national insurance numbers off by heart. So, you know, you need to be making sure you know, you know, where to find it. If, you know, I've got a national insurance card and I know they don't produce those anymore. So if you, if you have the letter to hand or if you have it saved in your phone, make sure that, you know, that's hidden um, and you, you give that accurately because um, we have come across cases where, uh, an incorrect national insurance number has led to HMRC making um, mistakes on employees' tax codes, um, uh, which has been very difficult to fix. Um, it's you know it's been a long, drawn out process, and and it was uh, yeah very difficult to to handle. So did what we can from from uh, from the agents' aspect to do um, to fix it. Um, we were able to make adjustments to their pension provider um, and and correct it on the payroll system and make resubmissions, um, but that didn't necessarily fix everything at HMRC's end. So it was, it was a bit of a long drawn out process. So how, how long did that take, Jake, to to resolve? Uh, the ongoing process was probably six to twelve months. If wow. I'm being so it was, uh, and there was a lot of time spent on that. So the uh, the lesson from that is get it right the first time. Exactly. Be absolutely clear. This is really important. And just because you can think, well, we're all human, we can all make these little mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't a, an overarching sort of mopping up exercise that would very quickly solve it. Because even if you have incorrectly put a wrong digit or wrong wrong character into your national insurance details, it wouldn't necessarily correlate. It might be a different address. It might be a different location. It might be a different sort of person altogether. But they're taking that information and making a lot of assumptions, and HMRC have gone and run with that. Yeah, exactly. Which has yeah, left a big unpicking exercise afterwards. Yeah. Wow. I think the trick is HMRC, are, they have no competition. So there are, you know, one team for everyone. And they there's a finite amount of resource at HMRC, and they'll have millions of different data points to try and manage i'm not trying to yes. i'm not trying to support them i too have been on the phone for you know up to an hour great case example jake uh, another one that uh, i think we've all to some lesser or greater extent been involved with 
um, before we press record on this podcast, we're each having regaling our tales of issues with cybersecurity and data protection. Lucy, what what do you think from the HR perspective and thinking of matters payroll we need to be concerned about with cybersecurity? Clearly, when it comes to staffing information, that is very um, personal. We have to make sure that the right protections are in place um, to secure that data and make sure it doesn't fall into the wrong hands. So where you have personal information being passed between parties, so you may app social payroll, um, use a, a service like Westcott, um, you need to make sure that your employees are aware of that um, and how that data is going to be collected, used and stored um, to ensure it remains safe. Um, one way to notify staff of those arrangements is through something called a, a data privacy notice. And that will provide information to employees about how their data is used. Um, these notices can be quite long and wordy, but it's really important that the work we are all aware what personal data is being collected about us, who it may be provided to, and the purposes for that. Um, and there are some specific um, sort of reasons for collecting data, whether that's to perform a contract with a particular individual, whether it's to meet a legitimate aim for the business, or it's to um, ensure that you're meeting your legal obligations. So it's really important that employers let staff know what is happening to their personal data. And do we have any examples where clients have, obviously keeping it anonymous, but any examples where clients have fallen foul of cybersecurity by not taking those measures? One area that employers should try and introduce is training for all employees to ensure that they remain extra vigilant to any spam, phishing type emails that um, may be trying to get personal data. Um, a lot of organisations will ensure they've got the right measures in place to protect um, all their IT systems. Um, but I, I think we probably, most of us have noticed that the scammers are getting a lot smarter in how they're approaching people. Um, so we all have to make sure that we are paying extra attention to emails, perhaps, which don't look quite right, things that we're not quite expecting. Um, and perhaps behind the scenes, our IT departments, IT services can assist by introducing things like multi-factor authentication um, and those sorts of um, systems to ensure that things remain safe. Yeah, I think it's a case of however plausible something looks, mm. if you're being asked for personal data, personal information uh, via the phone or or email, I guess you've mm. got to be, you've got to think you're guilty before you're proved innocent. You know, you've got to, you've got to investigate that and treat it as something that could be malicious. It's having that mindset, isn't it? Yeah, and, so, and Jake probably can touch on a bit more um, when it comes to transferring data between the employer and a payroll provider um, and how those things have to be kept secure as well. Yes, uh, yes, I was I was literally about to to bring that up, funnily enough. Um, as as you suggested, it's it's obviously a risk area that, you know, in terms of transferring data, a lot of payroll information, financial and personal data is is obviously um high risk. Um and it's it's open for capture, um, you know, these uh, cyber criminals, as it were, uh, are aiming to 
try and find this information because it can be useful for them for for various reasons so it's it's vital that you protect it could be something as simple as a password protected file or if you if you have access to a secure portal um for data transfer then it's it's definitely recommended from our aspect to make use of that um it just prevents any risk um of interception and it, it just to add to that from a hr perspective i think um where where employers can um, install such systems, but having a proper HR information system, which is properly secured rather than having in-house spreadsheets or Word documents containing all the information, that's that's going to help um, ensure that that information remains safe as well. Um, and quite often those systems can be easily linked with other pay like payroll systems. So there's a good, easier way to transfer that data across as well. And the final point that we um, were looking at in this in this area, and of course there are any number of different things that we could we could cover, but I think one that might be keeping the owners of businesses awake in the early hours is any concerns over compliance and regulations, because as we all know, it's it, life's becoming increasingly complex, not least of which the regulations by which we we govern our lives and by the way companies have to keep on the straight and narrow. Jake, in relation to payroll, what case studies might you consider that you've come across or or examples that you can give us where people have brushed up against, if not being sent to prison, but but actually brushed up against some difficult issues with regard regulation? Yeah, absolutely. They, um, I, the biggest thing from a, from a payroll, certainly from my aspect, and I'm sure any other payroll professional will, you you know, always argue, um, is that payroll, is certainly no longer and i mean in my opinion has never been just a push of a button and as simple as many people may think it is there's a lot of legislation that drives payroll um and obviously systems help they can identify certain aspects of a process and they'll point you in certain directions but there's always more benefits to having a professional do it and they can highlight areas that aren't necessarily within the software um and there's yeah there's areas of uh whether it's statutory payments whether it's termination payments as we've touched on before there's areas that you've just got to be very careful that you're processing in the right manner um that can you know cause issues with you in terms of uh payments due to hmrc it can be um bring up penalties you can overclaim or on certain elements of um recoveries so there's there's a lot of things within the system that i think you just need to be mindful of um and there's a lot of risk involved and it's just safer to have a professional look over it even if that's just to give a bit of a guidance check um, if that's to process it in full, however you see fit for your business, um, payroll is obviously very important, keeping your staff ha- happy and, and paying them correctly uh, and on time is, is vital. So it's, it definitely pays to, to have that expertise. Although not directly connected to uh, to payroll, I think we can, we can all see the lessons to be learned from the post office and Fujitsu about relying on computer really? technology. Um 
and what that could do. Uh, but on a, on a, even on a smaller scale with a, uh, a modest sized business, there's also there's also there's the systems, but there's also the potential of malicious actors within people who are likely to steal from the business through payroll. Is that is that a, is that something you've encountered? Yeah, um, from from a payroll aspect, it's possible in terms of if you have access to a, a client's bank account for payments. Um, we have regular checks um, for our for our team. Um, for those that are making payments to to clients' employees, um, so we're checking um, the bank accounts match from the payroll system to the reports, um, and then again to the banking system. Um, we're comparing that to previous periods as well to make sure there hasn't been a, a change or a slight change. So um, you know, it's, it's regularly reviewed. Um, by several people, um, myself included. So it's, you know, it's going up the ladder as it were, and we're making sure that we're, you know, creating a, a risk-free environment for our team because ultimately that's that's where the potential um, risk lies. Yeah. You got anything to add to that, Lucy? Yeah, just to add to that, that whether you're going to use an external payroll provider or something you have in house, um, I can't, really stress the importance of ensuring that the right amount of checks are put in place when you're looking at um at the payments you're making to staff or deductions also that you might be taking from staff um in my experience you know there's been at least three levels of checks in payrolls um whether you're checking what hr provided or you're checking what payroll of input or you're checking what the bank is actually paid it's really important to make sure those checks and measures are put in place make sure everything's accurate well thank you very much uh, again we've covered quite a bit of ground in a relatively short podcast and no doubt there may well be uh, other factors that maybe this has piqued somebody's interest or even caused them some anxiety uh, but if that were the case how might one of our listeners contact you lucy yeah so if you want to get in touch to talk about um payments to staff or anything like that please uh, reach out on our website, which is www.mojusdruitt.com or email me directly at lucy.cottrell at mojusdruitt.com. And more direct payroll issues, Jake, how can people get hold of you and your team? Uh, you can contact us, uh, Liz, the other payroll manager, and myself on payroll-managers at westcots.uk. Fabulous. Thank you both again very much for your time and experience. It's been fascinating. And listen, if you're only catching this one, remember there are three other podcasts explaining other pain points with payroll. Thank you for your time. Lucy Cottrell works for Modus Druitt. She's a human resource consultant. She has 20 years experience in HR, worked at director level for many years for a further education college, and experience includes responsibility for HR across all functions, including resourcing, relations, reward and development at both operational and strategic level. Lucy provides practical solutions to people-related issues and helps with ensuring HR is aligned to organisational objectives. Her approach is consultative, practical and balanced between meeting organisational and individual needs. Jake Elms is the Payroll and Operations Manager for Westcott's. Jake sees payroll as the hidden gem within business services. Payroll, PAYE, workplace pensions and CIS processing are specialist areas of knowledge for Jake, who works closely with the payroll team to provide exceptional service 
while remaining compliant with current legislation and relevant industry authorities. Jake understands the specific payroll requirements, which can vary depending on sector, size, on structure of the business. He describes himself as friendly, relatable and adaptable and relaxed under pressure. Your Money and Your Life podcast was brought to you courtesy of Mojas Druid, solicitors and financial planners. Call 0800-533-5349 or visit mojasdruid.com.